In this shortcast, Professor Ranganath, Dr. Milad Kedra, and Dr. Nick Saru discuss the first decade anniversary of the United Kingdom National Al Captainuria Centre, published in January 2023. On the 1st of April 2012, NHS England Highly Specialised Services commissioned the National Al Captainuria Service for Adults in the Department of Clinical Biochemistry and Metabolic Medicine at the Royal Liverpool University Hospital. The service is called the Robert Gregory National Alcaptonuria Center, NAC, in memory of the Alcaptonuria patient who founded the Alcaptonuria Society in 2003. The NAC is a one-stop service, providing assessment, treatment including lysinol, and monitoring of therapy and disease, with visits lasting three to four days. The NAC provides a full range of multidisciplinary specialists, metabolism, rheumatology, cardiology, pain management, dietetic, psychological, ENT, ophthalmology, gait specialist, nuclear medicine, and radiology. Real-time communication between patient and the NAC team is enabled by an encrypted system called Patients Know Best, PKB. Nitisinone 2 mg has been used as an off-label therapy in the NAC since 2012, after approval by the highly specialized services. That was based on published data at the time from the National Institute of Health in the USA. Nitisinone use is associated with inevitable hypertyrosinemia, which has significant side effects, such as corneal keratopathy. Protein restriction is required as soon as nitisinone is started to reduce tyrosine to safe levels. Specialist dietitian input is required to ensure diet is manipulated safely without impacting health. There's no evidence of benefit for protein restriction in AKU patients who are not on nitisinone. In the UK, starting as we did in 2003, when there was little in terms of opportunities to identify, support and manage patients with AKU, we have come a long way in redressing the balance but further work is needed in the years ahead. I'm going to tell you about the studies we have carried out to update knowledge in AKU. These include the post-mortem study that we carried out on an AKU patient in 2005, and we also collected surgical waste samples, on which we carried lots of studies. This was followed by a patient identification campaign in the UK, as well as a natural history study to understand how AKU evolves culminating in a program of studies, which was funded by the European Commission. And this included the natural history of ochronosis in Alcapneuria in a study called SOFIA, a known dose response study called SONIA-1, and a known outcome study called SONIA-2. Basic science studies were also important for us, led by Professors Gallagher and George Bugaris. These included developing AK mass models to understand AQ. And these studies showed that ochronosis in mice begins early in life, continues over time, and that nictisinone slowed the ochronosis. These mass models are also crucial to develop newer therapies. We have also understood AQ better. We've characterized the phenotype in great detail for the first time. We've shown that there's decreased lifespan in AKU around 15 years in men and 10 years in women. We've also seen that ochronosis is not at the age of 30 or so, but earlier, and we've seen it even by age 16, and we think we should be studying children next. We've developed new biomarkers of cartilage damage so that we can look at joint and spine damage and see how these are going. Our research has also allowed therapy to be better understood. 
For example, we've seen that there's reversible octanosis, not just open chancellorin. There's a rest and progression of the AKU has been slowed down. There's improved cartilage biology, and there's reduction in tissue damage. Also understood concerns of nitrogen better. And these include that thalassemia is 100% in all nitrogen taking AK patients. And more importantly, the NSE psychometric studies have shown no cognitive impairment in adults, unlike in children when treated with nitrogen, which is reassuring. However, cataract, vitiligo, and Parkinson's disease prevalence has increased. Low protein diet used with nitrogen therapy causes sarcopenia, which is undesirable. A lot of the research that I've just told you about have been carried out by studentships, and we've had over 13 successful PhD students so far. We've also had over 150 publications in all since 2003 describing all this research. In terms of the greatest impact that we've had, this must obviously refer to the European Medicines Agency approving nitrogen 10 milligrams as the first disease-modifying therapy in our capnuria for our roles in September 2020. And the final thoughts on further research, we want to solve the issue of treating children with AKU. We want to make nitrogen safer. We also want to develop more perfect therapies for example, HGD replacements, and we want to continue to understand AKU better. The Capnuria Society is embedded in the NAC and is crucial to its functioning and success, ensuring patients are at the center of the service. The NAC serves as a notable example of power collaboration between the medical community and patients. The AKU Society have been working with the Royal Liverpool University Hostel with Professor Ranganath, Dr. Milad Kedder and their team for the past 20 years and particularly over the past 10 years since the setting up of the National AKU Centre in 2012. So as a patient group, one of the key things we do is patient identification. So we have done campaigns contacting all 16,000 GP surgeries in the UK uh, with images of the diagnostic criteria criteria of AKU and helping us identify 65 patients originally, we now have more than 95 patients we know of in the UK, and the majority of those attend the National AKU Centre. We have a head of patient support and welfare, Leslie Harrison, who has regular contact with all the patients and also accompanies them to the National AKU Centre and provides them with help and support. Uh, we also provide counselling, we provide advice, and we provide home visits to patients between appointments so that they can really learn to live with the disease. And we do annual patient workshops where patients from all around the UK and every two years patients internationally gather in Liverpool to find out more about the illness, but also to meet each other. Now, AKU is a very rare disease. It affects roughly one person in a quarter of a million to one person in a million. So many patients will never have met someone else with the illness. And so it's very important, the work that we're trying to do there. We also work very closely with the University of Liverpool on research into AKU. We fund a fellowship there, a postdoc, Brenda Norman, who is working on developing co-therapies to go with the therapy nitisinone and to reduce the high tyrosine levels that cause the side effects from this drug. So we're very involved in that. And we're also involved in wider partnerships such as Genetic Alliance, the Rare Disease UK campaign, Genes for Genes, et cetera, to try and raise awareness about AKU and feed in what we're doing with AKU into the wider area. 
One of the key things we're working on at the moment is building a registry, particularly for the UK, of AKU patients, working very closely with the team at the National AKU Centre to do this. And this will be a platform where clinicians at the National AKU Centre will be able to enter all the details about the progress of the illness in different patients and will then allow us to assess over time how things are going in these patients. And then we'll seek to expand that internationally to centres in the Middle East, France, the Netherlands, India and the US, which will help us have a global registry for AKU patients. So we're very involved in this work. Uh, Also, there are three members of staff at the AKU Society, Leslie, myself, and also we have Michael Warren, who is our fundraising and communications officer, who does uh, many online seminars and webinars about AKU for patients in the UK and around the world, and who also works closely with the National AKU Centre. So we're really proud of the achievements of the National AKU Centre over the past 10 years. It's made a significant difference to the lives of our patients, and it's the only centre in the world that provides such treatment and such service to our patients. If you'd like to read this article, please visit the GIMD Reports webpage or click the link in the podcast description. Thank you for listening.